Welcome to Trading Card Therapy, episode number 12. I'm your host, Leighton Sheldon, the doctor. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode, we are going to start off with folks who are new to the space, new to the collecting world, new to the hobby itself, and specifically talking about how it can be very overwhelming at the moment with prices headed where they are and things cost exorbitant amounts of money. You see tobacco to modern cards selling for thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. And so there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of transactions in major auction houses, such as Heritage, REA and such. How do you make sense of everything going on? So if you have a small budget of five bucks a week, 10 bucks a week, can you even collect? And these are all really great questions. I myself want to shed some light on that today so that someone who is relatively new to the hobby or even someone who's been around the hobby for a little bit may enjoy a hot take or two that I have on what is out there for you as a newbie in the space. So if you're coming into the hobby and you're checking out any of these amazing uh, auctions and the sites, by the way, a good place to check what auctions are going on in the sports card and sports memorabilia world, check out auctionreport.com. Good buddy of mine, Ryan Friedman, runs that. Um, it's a great resource that I use almost daily. It can be very overwhelming when you're bidding in auctions and you're seeing cards sell for much more than your budget allows. What do you do? I say to everyone who's out there, find your passion, find your love, and that will define your lane. So if we're talking about a few shekels or a few bucks, like five bucks a week or 10 bucks a week, should you buy into breaks? Should you buy one card? Should you buy cards that are 50 cents each with your budget? And I think it all depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to have fun and you don't care about the end result of your portfolio, well, then do just that. Take your budget, take your hard-earned uh, dollars, and buy what you like. For example, like this Hulk Hogan precious metal gem, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, and how sometimes, by sticking to your passion and what you love, can pay great dividends. So if you have this five or ten bucks a week, and you're coming into the hobby, my recommendation is look to the auction houses and the items that are being sold there as a place to educate yourself and to learn about not only what things are selling for, but what types of items you're seeing regularly sell in auctions for those big dollars. So that way you're going to have a basis for understanding what some of the higher end items are, what they're defined as, and what they're selling for. The auction houses is where you start to learn about all the cool stuff, but you might become a little bit overwhelmed. So the next logical place is E-B-A-Y. eBay, yep, that's right. One of the world's largest marketplaces has, no exaggeration, millions of cards for sale at any one given time. Doesn't mean you should buy them. Doesn't mean you should come home from Friday after just getting paid to throw them back a few. Let's go surfing on eBay. And by the way, I still do that. Uh, and I've been doing this a long time, but I just have a fair amount of knowledge behind me and hope that I, I do not get too reckless. So when you're on eBay and you're looking at your budget of five to 10 bucks, you have to understand that most items, even if they only cost a dollar or two, are going to have between three, four or five bucks shipping. 
So the point is, if you only have five or $10, eBay may not be the best place for you to start off your collecting journey. Where I would focus my collecting journey if I only had five or 10 bucks a week in terms of the actual medium or the platform itself. Then we're going to talk about what we would target. I would start at my local card store or known affectionately in our industry as the LCS or at a local card show. And the reason I would start at a local card store is because they're part of your community. If you're going to be living in that town or that city for a long time or for a number of years, you can forge a relationship where as you increase your budget over time, there might be a reason to find out from that respective card store owner when something comes in that's great, you get the tip off and there all of a sudden is value for you in that relationship. Card shows, specifically people go there, or at least for the last you know 10 or 15 years, they go there to sell cards and a lot of people go there to buy cards. So what's really nice is if you only have a limited budget, such as a few bucks a week or 10 bucks a week, whatever the case is, by going to a card show, hopefully you're going to find a local one that's maybe a buck to get in, right? And you eat lunch at home. Hopefully it's close to the house or you get mom or dad to drop you off, right? Or you walk to the place. And then you can dive into anything like 10 cent boxes, quarter boxes, 50 cent boxes, dollar boxes. Uh, my company just collect on occasion. We'll have those types of boxes at the bigger shows like the national. Um, if we're trying to get rid of excessive amounts of inventory and we just have a lot of stuff. Another place to start your collecting journey is a place like check out my cards. Checkoutmycards.com is a place that has cards for sale as low as 10 cents or 20 cents a card. It's a little bit trickier there um, in the sense of you store them in your account. But what's nice is unless you need them you know, physically at home to feel good, you can keep them at Check Out My Cards and they'll store them for you. So that's really kind of fun. It's a newer way to collect, but still you could do it on a budget. And what's also great about buying on Check Out My Cards is that because they're in your account, let's say you're rookie prospecting and that's where you're going to spend your budget for the upcoming football season. You have a hunch on a running back who's going to get some time or a backup quarterback who might end up starting this year. Um, you can prospect on there and you can easily resell your cards on that same platform at Check Out My Cards, therefore making it very easy for you to turn that first profit. And if you take that first small profit of five or 10 bucks, that was literally a week's worth of your budget if you're talking about it at that level. So we're going to talk about a few different budget levels, but we're specifically starting at a lower budget level to start. We've now talked about a, a few different platforms where you can buy your cards, meaning online, such as eBay or Check Out My Cards or auction houses, or in person at local card stores and local card shows. Appreciate everyone tuning in on IG Live today. We're going to be talking about my friend, the Hulkster, in just a few minutes. But in case you missed the start of the show, there he is. 2013 Precious Metal Gems, Hulk Hogan, PSA 10. These were given out to Upper Deck employees, and there is only, I believe, five PSA 10s in the pop report. So, getting back to center, we've talked about the several platforms where you can go with a limited budget and buy cards. What kind of cards, though, can you get? For this limited budget. So to start off with unopened packs, you can buy 50 cent packs from the 90s era, typically referred to as the junk era. Those packs will be more easily found at your local card store or your local card show for a quarter, 50 cents or a dollar each. Once again, the problem is if you buy them on eBay, you'll have to pay shipping. Shipping is going to quickly take your budget down 
and you're not going to actually get anything for it. So that's why I'm suggesting with a limited budget, these might be good places uh, to start. So another really great place for uh, spending, you know, five, 10 bucks a week or somewhere in between there, a little bit more is going to your local card store or local card shop and going through those boxes that are quarter 50 cent, you know, buck each, because there's usually a few kinds of cards that you find in those boxes, right? You find base cards from modern sets, maybe LeBron James or Steph Curry, depending on which set. You find rookie cards, but maybe the off-brands. And then you find other rookie cards of the lesser-known guys, like, for example, Mike White from the Jets, who came out of nowhere about a week ago. Another type of card that you're going to find in these quarter, 50-cent, and dollar boxes at card shops and card shows and the like are inserts. Particularly, if you're lucky, you might find some of those late 80s and 90s inserts, which is the era that I grew up with. And today, some of those inserts are bringing big money, like precious metal gems. And not to suggest you're going to find any of those in a quarter box or a 50-cent box. But if you collected during that time period, there's a lot of great cards that were produced then that you can buy for very reasonable prices today. And if you end up collecting them and you like them for, um, uh, you know, the art or just the way they looked, chances are someone else might like the way they look in the future as well. You know, like I said, there's even numbered inserts from today's inserts, you know, meaning uh, 2019, 20, and 21, the last few years, where you can buy a numbered card of a reasonable star player, in some cases, for under a buck. Once again, this is not only for resale. This is also how to enjoy yourself in a hobby if you don't have a lot of money and you just want to collect. Reselling is a little bit different, but I'm going to take the time here to read something which someone shared with me yesterday, and I think you folks are going to enjoy it. It's about the passion economy. This is a thesis on it. New integrated platforms empower entrepreneurs to monetize individuality and creativity. In the coming years, the passion economy will continue to grow. We envision a future in which the value of unique skills and knowledge can be unlocked, augmented, and surfaced to consumers. I'm bringing it up because we haven't even got to something, for example, like ticket stubs. Now, my good buddy Darren Ravel, he's at the high end. He's been collecting tickets for a long time. But there's still a lot of opportunity in the space to buy tickets for amazing events. And maybe you can get them signed. Maybe you can get it graded at some point in the future when you have a little bit more of a budget. But there's so many great items you can collect for a limited budget, especially if you don't care about reselling them. And so if you find that passion, I myself was collecting rookie year. I wish I would have bought more first game. I did not. I was not uh, lucky enough. But I bought, for the, through the last um, number of years, dozens of ticket stubs from Michael Jordan's rookie year. Not with the hopes to resell them, just to collect them, because let's be honest, right? I'm a sports card nerd and a, mer- a memorabilia nerd. But what happened was because I had a passion and I thought about my limited budget, and obviously everyone's limited budget is different, what could I get that I think I'm going to enjoy to collect, but also might have some upside in the future, especially, and this is what's great about collecting. If you're in it for the long game, if I've told you on some of those Michael Jordan ticket stubs, I bought stubs for as low as 12 or 15 or $18 uh, back several years ago that are worth hundreds of dollars today, if not more. So it is possible, especially if you're not trying to sell today and flip, you know, like on an eBay or check out my cards platform. Another thing you consider if you have a limited budget, are you someone who enjoys having 
multiple of something, meaning I want to have a lot of cards. Or do you want to have, for example, one item and have it be graded, such as this Hulkster? I'm bringing it up and I share a little story of me growing up as a collector. When I started to go to card shows, my dad did not come with me. He would drop me off. He would tell me what time he was going to come back to pick me up. And I would have my budget, meaning I would have cash, and I would have some cards that I would hopefully you know, sell. And I realized later it was not easy to do, but trading and then being on the other side and understanding everything, it was all you know, vital to uh, the process for me growing up you know, in this hobby uh, that I love. You know, when I would go to the shows and I would try to get the most that I could, you know, in terms of, you know, my budget, I was, you know, wheeling and dealing. And for me personally, I wanted to have more cards. I didn't think at the time that I wanted to have one special one, like a T206 growing up. I wish I did. It's gonna be part of my Instagram post this week. Follow me on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon. We have some really fun content on there. Think back to 1988, 1989. Mickey Mantle signing for 12 bucks at a local show. Leighton, how the heck could you not get Mantle's autograph? My budget might have been 12 bucks for the whole show. So for me, I wanted to rip a few packs. I wanted to buy a rookie or two. I might have needed some supplies. And growing up, because I know I had a very, very limited budget and my dad wasn't really into it, I did not feel comfortable spending my whole entire budget on a Mickey Mantle autograph because then I would have nothing else. I wasn't right. It was just right for me. So getting back to the, if you will, new collector entering our space, welcome. Thanks for joining us. All kidding aside, make sure you get the most for your money, but also think about what you want. If you're someone who enjoys having dozens, if not hundreds of cards, by all means, jump in. But if you're someone who wants something special, then maybe you're going to have to save that budget of five or 10 bucks or three bucks a week. And maybe you can only make a, a purchase quarterly or semi-annually. Whatever the case is, it is going to require patience. And so with that, we're going to now pivot and talk about my friend Hulk Hogan and bring up the precious metal gem and talk about a really interesting question today. If you are new in the hobby, if you are a newbie, or relatively new to the space, everyone or most everyone is telling you, you got to buy the rookie. You got to buy the rookie. Well, you didn't buy the rookie? You don't own the rookie? You didn't get a Gretzky rookie? I don't understand. You got to buy the rookie. So rookie cards are great. I have plenty of rookie cards in my collection of all-time greats. I also have plenty of rookie cards in my collection of not-so-all-time greats, like Tom Flash Gordon, Todd Van Poppel, other great hits from the uh, 90s, like Mark Newfield. And for those out there who are 80s and 90s baseball card nerds like myself, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I wanted Jerome Walton, for Christ's sake, out of 89 Upper Deck when the high numbers came out. I didn't care about Griffey. Shows what I know. So when it comes to rookie cards, is it the card to have for every single player? Well, it might be. But don't listen to everyone, everyone's opinion. Trust your gut. So what I mean is, if you go to someone who is conservative in a particular field, they might tell you to buy something that's conservative. For example, if you go to your stockbroker, right? If you go to someone who knows a lot about automobiles, they might tell you to buy a certain automobile because that one returns the most mileage um, for, your, for your gas money. But what if you're not in it for that? And so you should be in it for your passion, meaning 
there's lots of great cards to buy besides a rookie. Well, you might be asking yourself, well, like what kinds of cards? We're going to talk about the Hulk Hogan in just a minute, and that's certainly one of those kinds of cards. But I had been talking about Roberto Clemente in an earlier episode of Trading Card Therapy. So in talking about Roberto Clemente, and particularly his rookie card, I can think off the top of my head, just going through it visually, Love is 56. The 57 is a real photo, but just doesn't hit home for me. Not a big fan of the 58. Um, I do like the 59. I like the 60. I like the 61. I like the 62. I like the 63 high number. I don't love the 64. Love the 65. 66 is just eh. Love the 67. 68, I don't love the design of the set, but I like the shot of Clemente. Love the 69. Always love the 70. The 71 in high grade, smoking. 72 and 73 are just eh for me. But my point is, all of those cards are of the great Roberto Clemente. And my son Crosby, who's six years old, is learning about Roberto Clemente in school. He doesn't care if I'm going to give him a rookie card soon or not. But you know what I am going to give him? A Roberto Clemente card. I'm going to give him one from his career that is later. Because a little trick for you newbies coming into the hobby. If you buy the last card that was ever produced for a player such as Roberto Clemente, or one of their last cards... It's going to have a little biography on the back that as this super geeky kid was growing up, that's where I would get a lot of fun information about ballplayers. You know, there was no internet. There was the Funkin' Wagnalls Encyclopedia, man. And my dad is really proud of it. He still might have it, honestly. I think you're catching the drift of, you don't just have to focus on rookies. We're not talking investment right now. We're just talking about being passionate, which is why I read that little passage to you. So if you find your lane and you go through, and this is what's really fun, you can go online and utilize all the wonderful resources that are out there and figure out which non-Clemente rookie is the one that you want to seek out. Then go to a show and try to buy, if you're on the budget side, buy ungraded. But this is what's great. As your budget gets a little bit higher, maybe you're going to move into a graded version of that card, a little bit higher grade, maybe investment quality. So... When it comes to a rookie card being the pinnacle, the best, in many cases, that is true. However, now we're going to talk about this Hulk Hogan precious metal gem. I already had Hulk Hogan's rookie, which some people believe is his 1982 card. Some people believe it's his 1985 Topps card from WWF. Either way, I have it. And there was a lot of stuff out there as far as Hulk Hogan inserts, and jersey cards, and autographs. And then one day, I'm on eBay. And I had been in the market for another Hulk Hogan card. And I guess as a side note, what I should mention is, I believe Hulk Hogan, long-term, is a very good buy. And the reason why, and I'm not trying to sell my card, full disclosure, I own this precious metal gem, but I believe there's very few icons of sport who cross multiple generations and cross boundaries across countries. In our world, our world not being America, I mean the entire world as it stands. And so Hulk Hogan is iconic across multiple platforms, mediums, and far beyond reaching the United States of America. So I wanted something special to take and put my money into. And obviously this did not cost five or 10 bucks, but I'm going to tell everyone what I paid for this today because I know some people have been interested in this card. But what I paid for it is really irrelevant as to what the value is. And that's another thing that's really important to understand. But we'll save that for a future episode of TC Take. So keep in mind, I have his rookie. 
and I want to simply buy something I'm passionate about. I'm aware of precious metal gems. I miss the boat. Meaning I don't really have precious metal gems in my collection. I think I have one in the office here that the company owns, but I missed that boat. I was too late. So when I saw this on eBay, man, I knew I wanted it. I knew it was investment quality. It hit a number of different checkpoints for me. Investment quality, PSA 10. It was the Hulk Hogan, meaning a card I'm looking for. A non-rookie, which, as I said, is a newbie collector. And now we're talking about a bigger budget, but you're going to see my point. You don't need to buy the rookie all the time to make money in this hobby or enjoy it. So it's on eBay at auction, which I was shocked because there's a lot of stuff on eBay like this these days that goes at buy it now. I asked a gentleman who would end the auction early, like any good eBayer would. He would not. No problem. I will bid away. I put in, in my snipe, and for those newbies who do not know what a snipe is, go to something like hammersnipe.com or just, you know, Google eBay sniping program, and you'll find a myriad of choices. Um, I've just been using Hammersnipe for a long time. Um, and what a sniping program allows you to do is you do not have to make yourself nuts. You don't have to stay up till 2.37 in the morning every time an auction ends at that. You put the item number into the uh, sniping program. Uh, you put the maximum amount you will bid for that item in the program. You hit save. Fingers crossed there's no outages because on occasion there'll be an outage. And it will execute your bid for you. So, and I've talked about this on a previous episode, I put in a wildly silly bid because I didn't know exactly what it was, what it was worth. And I knew that if I didn't win it, I didn't want to be upset because I would have bid more. So I put in a ceiling bid higher than what I want it for, but I want it for about 2,200 bucks. And it's public record on eBay or 130 point, whatever the case may be. And I believe it's, it's worth a multiple of that now. Is it worth 2X? Is it worth um, 5 or 10X? Or is it worth more? I don't know. But I know there's only a handful in the pop report. And Steve Ioki, if you're listening, you could reach out to me. Maybe we could do a deal. No, all kidding aside, I saw Steve uh, recently show the Mike Tyson PSA 10 from the same set. And now that this set has blown up and the likes of Steve and other social media personalities are collecting it, I realize that I'm a one and done. I will not be able to buy the Tiger Woods and the Mike Tyson at a reasonable price. If I get lucky, so be it. But I'm really proud of this because I used my foresight as to what I thought a good buy was. I used my passion because I love precious metal gems and I love the Hulkster. And I put it all together in a neat little package. And I was able to win it at auction. And what's super interesting, I've now put this out at the National Sports Collectors Convention and the Philly Show, which by the way, will be there in December, the first weekend, the third through the fifth. You can come check us out. Just collect and vintagebreaks.com. We'll be breaking live all weekend. We're hoping to do a break with Steve Carlton. So fingers crossed that happens. I was able to buy something that hit multiple checkpoints for me. And even though it's worth more, still have it. Maybe I won't have it forever. Maybe I will. But regardless, I love it. And so if you take it back to center and you talk about a newbie coming into the hobby or someone with a lack of experience and not a big budget, I could see why you might look at that and say, well, wait, I don't have $2,100. I might have $20 to spend a month or a week. My point is find your lane. Research the ticket market. 
I love collecting old photographs. I collect things and I put them together like a picture from 1921 along with a ticket stub to the first ever Yankee World Series, along with hopefully a nice Babe Ruth cut autograph. So hopefully today we provided some value to folks who are tuning in and are either interested about coming into the space and knowing what to do on a limited budget and also taking a step further, hearing that word rookie card, rookie this, is it really the only card that you can buy of a player And clearly by talking about Roberto Clemente and Hulk Hogan and ticket stubs, there are lots of great things. And I bring up ticket stubs because people are now collecting rookie year ticket stubs. Well, guess what? Buy a ticket to the Michael Jordan flu game. Buy a ticket to the first game Michael Jordan came back to play basketball that first time that he took a hiatus. There's lots of different ways to take your passion and love of sports and business and just trying to be human and enjoying yourself in the hobby that we love. So take that passion, find your niche, find your lane. And with that is today's episode, Trading Card Therapy, number 12. Thanks for tuning in. This is the doctor signing off.